Jersey, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Well, well, well. How was your Thursday evening? Watch a little NBA basketball. Pelicans getting the win over the Warriors. Did you watch the TNT coverage? Oh, my goodness. I on a topic. I'm going to address that in our number two. We got sort of a big game on Sunday. A lot on the line. Maddie Hudak in our number one. Some guests in our two and three. And, of course, you. It's Friday, Friday. Indeed, always looking forward to the weekend. Maddie, Hudak, how are you? Looking forward for this song to be over. Are you? You're you're, you're looking forward to it to end, huh? Yeah, yeah. Watch it, it hasn't grown on you yet? Music video in high school, and it's been as insufferable uh, every year thereafter. <laughs> really? Well, there you go. See, I'm bringing back memories. For a lot of people, high school is good memories. No? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, it is. Eh. It is what it is in <laughs> high school. Yeah, I know exactly. But I mean, I enjoyed college a lot more. I, I loved my time at Brother Martin, but I enjoyed college. I liked school. Then all of a sudden, I realized... Ah, the real world. <laughs> yep, that was a lot. Oh, the old real world. It's one hell of a trade-off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, how are you? I'm doing good on yeah. this fine Friday. It's freezing Friday in New Orleans. It's it's really incredible. Yesterday in studio, AC on, window out. I mean, it's... I didn't like yesterday I get outside. I, I, I went from putting out or putting down the Christmas lights... To, of course, getting ready for January 6th, all King's Day, and the start of Mardi Gras season, right? So I got, you know, some Mardi Gras lights. Carver likes lights at the house. So no problem. Just wrapped it around the stuff around my house and got the Mardi Gras music going. Are we going to let this entire song play out in in full? That's how it goes. It it goes on its own. It it ends there. And uh, so then, you know, I'm doing that. And then as literally I'm doing that. Like, by the minute, the temp started dropping from 78 and sweating. And, like, the inside of my shed was wet with humidity to what just happened. And by the time my wife showed up about 45 minutes later, and it was blustery and cold, and now we're back to winter. Yet, I think tomorrow's in the 70s again. So. Yeah, it's about as hot and cold as the New Orleans sports teams at the moment. Ah, um, we got a lot to talk about, obviously. I, I'm going to address the, the Pelican Zion thing. Because, again, we we got the statement, and we touched on it a couple days ago, two days ago. So we kind of made our our, our thoughts be known. But yesterday was the first time nationally, you know, the TNT guys, they couldn't even get through the highlights, making fun of them. But then at the end of the highlights, um, I I thought Charles Barkley said something, you know, that that was important. Because he had been called overweight and things of that nature. And what clicked with him. And they're addressing that aspect of it. And, Matt, I'm going to address an hour or two. It's not even really about the weight thing for me. But the more I think about it, the more it starts to stew in my brain. It's more of the mental aspect of it. It's more of the um, 
mental strength that Discipline. is going. Yeah, well, not even again. The, the weight thing's the weight thing. Okay, yeah. you can fix that. You can. That's and, a good point. And, it, it's more of why wouldn't you want to be around here? And I and I think there's things that you can change and you can do things to make it different. And what I mean by that is again in public relations or. And think like there's crisis management stuff. Right. There, there's a way to, you know, this phrase, get ahead of it. Yes. Right. It's a way to get ahead of it. And I was discussing this with somebody at the gym this morning about it. I get you can't run right now. Full speed and do those things. And I get the narrative right now is you're, you're a walking ball of just, you know, lard. It's whatever. I mean, pepper. I mean, no matter. And I said this yesterday, unfairly or fairly. No matter what he does. Hyper scrutiny. No matter what yeah. he does, whatever photo he is in, comments will come out. He could be leaving Smoothie King. You know, oh, look, he got the large. It just, it doesn't matter. It's where it is right now. So you have to accept that. But maybe you can sort of help change that narrative. And I think both parties can do this. Get out in front of it. That guy should be on broadcasts. That guy should be right now at the team store on game days signing autographs for 15 minutes or taking a picture there's no reason he can... what i'm saying is change the narrative change the narrative to where all of a sudden people are going dude he's hurt and he's going to get in shape you know what i'm saying whereas right now that that whole out of sight because the reason i bring that up maddie is there's so many people that have come up to me in the last 48 hours really is he hiding what you know? What what's going on here? Just it, 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 and again, there's very good reasons, perhaps, for all of that. Oh. And mental health, I understand that. So get mentally healthy, but I also think there's ways to get ahead of this. Right? Go do charity things. Like go be out in front. Like no one sees you, no one hears from you, and the only time they do, it's we're sending them. I'm just saying, it, it's it, it it makes it worse, and you can. Get ahead of things, if it, that makes sense. It does, but I do wonder at what point, you know, how much does public perception matter if the team and the player are on the same page and there's a plan going on behind the scenes? Right. I think a lot of times we, you know, in general, kind of expect more information and more transparency from right. players and teams. But, I mean, you bring up the mental health thing, and there's, there's just a ton of things that could be going on behind the scenes where, you know, to necessarily them owe us an explanation. Right. I know it's easier said than done, and I know there's this perception in New Orleans, but at the same time, is that really Zion's fault that there's been this, you know, barrage of players leaving this team in this city, right. and he just happens to be, you know, the next kind right. of one up, and at but what to- point is that narrative kind of out of his right. control? Okay, but to that point... What I was making uh, the statement yesterday about, too, is the team went into the game last night on a three-game losing streak. And I'm telling you, I got calls this week about the job Willie Green is doing. I'm going to play Josh Hart in a comment that he made in a podcast earlier last calendar year with J.J. Redick in that podcast about he hated basketball. And he said, I'm glad I came back because I love playing for Willie Green and Pelicans. The guys on the court are changing the narrative. They're changing the, hey, you know, they're – they're changing the that this is a bad place to sort of play, and, yeah. and they got the right coach, and that's why I'm saying it's like it's changing right there before you. And the people that everyone's been saying, "Hey, we got to build better around him." Those well, those guys are doing it. They're 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 being forged under fire, and I just he needs to be there. Right? The more I think about it, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to be with those people that are going to be your quote unquote supporting cast, being the guys around you? It's just it's very odd. And the more I think about it, like I said, I'm not even focused on the overweight thing. He's going to run. He's going to get in shape. It's going to happen.
okay? I lost 10 pounds in the last month, and I don't, I'm nowhere near, you know, that kind of athlete or anything of that nature. So that can happen. It's more of the mental aspect, as we had Andrew Lopez on yesterday from ESPN of that. It, it's affecting him, hearing the comments and everything. It's affecting him. I was going to say. And that's uh, what I'm saying. It's just, But, again, I'd rather be with my guys, I, my, my brothers. I get insulated, you know, be on the bench and all that See, stuff. See, I, I I, just to give the other side of the coin, I'm a retreater. Mm-hmm. I like to be by myself. I'm kind of introverted. I'm an only child. Right. So if the noise gets, like, to be too much, I would be the person that would go away, right. get rid of all the noise, okay. and, and focus on myself because a lot of the noise does surround his situation here his home situation, his training situation. So getting away from all of that, in a way, does do something for that narrative that he's not working on getting yeah. you know, healthier and getting better and that he's kind of you know honed in on this just separate, and that's his number one you know priority. Well, it's look. kind of similar to Michael Thomas going to do his rehab in Philadelphia and then joining the team thereafter. The second he joined the team, everyone calmed down, mm-hmm. but everyone was a little you know nervous when he was in Philadelphia, not with the team. But it could also be that there just happens to be a good training situation for him there, and, uh, you know, I think, again, at the end of the day, we're just not going to get all of the information at once. Yeah. But seeing that there's something that's at least happening with the training situation to me is is a positive. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's just it always I'm even starting the show out with it because, again, it's it, it was a national topic yesterday. It's been a national topic everywhere. We're going to play some Josh Hart in a little bit about him because um, he was asked flat out on, on the podcast with J.J. Reddick. How is the team handling this and how do you see that? And not to pat myself on the back, but yeah, it's what I said that at some point you have to look past and be like, when he, when he shows up, he shows up great, but this is the team. These are the guys that are going to get in the playoffs and we've got to flip the mental switch. And Josh Hart literally said that. So we're going to play all that more, but we only have you for the first hour unless you want to stay. You can stay wherever you want. Um, so we will focus on your New Orleans Saints. Here's your guest list real quick. Todd Raffanini is coming up at 1230. We'll touch base with him. Yeah. We'll ask him about the Pels win, but. He came on to talk Pels yesterday. He's coming on today to <clears throat> talk Atlanta Saints football. Have you ever watched a football game with time, by the way? A Saints Falcons. Not game. a Saints Falcons. Okay, Saints Falcons game. No. It's a sight to behold. I've talked on the phone amidst a Saints Falcons game while I was in Pennsylvania, it's, but it's a sight to behold. Okay, I will say that. So anyway, he's coming on to give us um I guess perspective to here we are, Maddie, and the season is down to literally one game and rooting for another game as well for a shot at the postseason. So let's just start our conversation with this generic sort of thought that we had back on Monday. I think it's remarkable that the Saints are sitting here at eight and eight with a chance to go to the postseason with everything that's happened this season. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that there's, you know, so many layers to what's been going on this season. I think there's, you know, a, a lot of the, uh, you know, effect of replacing a longtime franchise quarterback kind of has gotten lost in the shuffle. It kind of, you know, changed to the quarterback competition and, you know, Taysom versus Jameis. Kind of forgetting that, you know, there was a huge void that was just never going to be filled in one offseason by, left by Drew Brees. And then you add on having to go through four quarterbacks, four kickers. Uh, 57 starters, which is an NFL record. And I, you know, I know that the Titans have started, or I'm sorry, they've, you know, played 88 mm-hmm. players, but that's, that's a different record than starting 57 different people in the course over one season. Uh, people forget about the uh, hurricane that displaced them for a month. I know that, you know, they're able to hone in and kind of get rid of those distractions, but it's easier said mm-hmm. than done when you're abruptly displaced. And then 
just all of the injuries, injuries to QB1, no wide receiver one for the last two seasons, right. having your starting offensive line play a total 22 snaps together this season. It's incredible. To me, that's, that's yeah. you know, the start and end of the argument because we'd see games where Drew Brees was, was mortal behind a poor offensive line. So to expect the turnover year following him going through a four-quarterback carousel behind that yeah. line yeah. and worse receivers and injuries, you know, to the running backs, losing that interior along the trenches on the defensive line. And the fact that they're playing a third-round rookie cornerback who didn't play in the 2020 NFL or 2020 college season and was expected to be developmental behind Ken Crawley and was thrust in that CB2 role in week one and mm-hmm. has really, you know, kept Bradley Roby off the field. That's an incredible body of work to me to still be looking forward into the playoffs when all things considered, they should be falling apart at the seams. No doubt about it. And you bring up the line. You know, it's the one thing that's been, I guess, when we – when it's all said and done and we go back and look at it and I guess right the narrative or the summary of the season, it, the defense has been the one consistent thing. I think, as I said yesterday to Ross Jackson and others this week, some players have stepped up. I mean, the fact that Paulson Adebo, you don't even speak about him. No. You don't even speak about him. I mean, in some games, he's either the second or third leading tackler. You're not thinking about him. You know they're going in that direction, but how many big plays have come on the rookie? Has he give up receptions? He's going to give everyone gives up a, a catch. Everyone gets right? beat. It's how you <laughs> respond after the fact. Right. And that's when I see, uh, I've seen a couple quarterbacks try him twice, yeah. and, and the second time, they, it does not happen. And. You you look at the play all the way around, too, of that defense. It's been pretty incredible. You were high right on the draft uh, on Pete Werner and Ross Jackson last week in his podcast, Locked On Saints. We you, know, you guys talked about, is he a star or not? And I asked him this week, you know, looking at the numbers and, and what he's doing as well. It's interesting. More and more people are kind of looking at that. And then, matter, we're not going to do it too in-depth today, but just 30 seconds here. Quan Alexander is a free agent. I know, like, I don't know what the market's going to be for a guy like him. I know the value on this team is incredible. He makes a ton of plays. I love the fit. Great's great. You like depth. Could you see the Saints, though, saying, you know, Werner's going into year two. It doesn't cost that. But remember, the salary cap's going up. I think, obviously, you make a play. I don't know. I, I, I want to try to bring back everybody I can on defense, Maddie, because I think that's a championship-caliber defense. So I'm trying everything I can, like I've done in the past on offense, on defense though this time. It's a good point. And I think, you know, with the injuries that Quan's had and, you know, him missing part of the season with an injury as well, I think that there is definitely a world where the Saints could make a play for him. I think he's a perfect complement right now. Pete Werner is much stronger in the run, if you ask me, compared to Quan Alexander. But but Pete Werner has really strong tracking abilities. I think he has the ability to ascend into an off-ball linebacker relatively quickly. So if it's me, I'm keeping Quan Alexander for the depth because we've seen how quickly you know, injuries to the linebackers kind of make that whole midfield just kind of fall at the wayside. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, Pete Werner, it's strongly chance that he's going to play him off the field next season and has made a case. At, you know, he, he did considerably well when Demario Davis and Quan Alexander were out. He really was kind of the leader of that part of the defense, and it was really, really impressive for me to see from him. Yeah, but it would be interesting, again, like I said, to, to see some of the decisions and moves. Of course, though, we have a ton. So let's take the break when we come back. Let's kind of focus and delve in. Um, or dive into rather this upcoming matchup and, and how big it is and really how weird and almost dirty it sort of feels like people have said you need to take a shower to be rooting for the Rams for the right to play the Rams. It's, it's just strange. It's called the full circle narrative, <laughs> <Yeah>. Gus. <laughs> hey, there it is. Sports hangover continues next. Gus Cat and Gil Maddie Hudak on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
Hey, hey, my friends, it's Dana DeFran Frilo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that I and Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he has no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I had to wait for it. I had to wait for the music. Whatever like, you, you know, like. <laughs> it's Friday, right? I mean, you got to feel that way. Gus Cottengell and Matty Hudak in hour number one, bottom of the hour. Todd Graffinini will talk Saints-Falcons. I'll ask him, I guess, since he <laughs> did call the game back from hiatus. Um, and out of health and safety protocol, he picked the right game to come back in. And look, it's a nice win. I, I don't even want to hear, well, they didn't have Steph and Draymond. Well, you know what? The Pills haven't had Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and everybody else, and no one's caring. Listen, I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up watching the Warriors, yeah. and, and I know what Steve Kerr has been able to, you know, get done in yeah. that building. You know, they still had Andre Iguodala, who's still one of my favorite MV- NBA Finals MVP winners of all time. They mm-hmm. still had Andrew Wiggins out there. And yeah. like you said, you, they haven't had Zion mm-hmm. all season, so... Um, that, that game was a lot closer than I, I would have liked it to be in the final seconds. So yeah, there you go. Um, Cam Jordan, we're going to talk a little bit about his play as of late, but when I think of him and I think of this series, yeah, they're synonymous. They're the Falcons. Before, before, they're the Falcons. We're trying to beat them every turn they go. I mean, um, the fact that they beat us this year still is, is, is going to be, it's, it's upsetting. So beyond that, it's always going to be a Saints versus Falcons, Saints versus everybody mentality. Um, and, it doesn't matter what they what they're trying to do. We're focused on what we're trying to do this game. And by Saints versus Falcons, he means Cam Jordan versus Matt Ryan. All the history is there. The history is there. Um, I'm still kind of not over that first game. Uh, not even a little bit. But that's, that's what always happens yeah. with divisional games, right? I know. You know. I, so we talked about this yesterday, Jordan and I. 
because we asked Ross and, and, and Ralph Marlboro as well, what, what would be the most 2021 Saints ending or predicament or situation Sunday? As in the following. Fourth and 23, Saints up. Noodle arm, back to pass, Lattimore trips. Catch, touchdown, 48, 50 yards. Now they're up four. Minute 30 left. Taysom Hill. Oh, by the way, the Rams are smoking the Niners. It's, it's, okay. It's, yeah. Minute 30, one timeout. Taysom Hill has to drive the length of the field to score a touchdown. And he will to put probably them in not the throw a single pass in doing so because if you recall what they did last year when he yeah. played, that's. Yeah. But wouldn't that be like the most thing? Well, like, the Rams have that game ended at halftime. They're taking care of the 49ers. To me, all you have to do the most insane thing that, that would happen is when the like in the Broncos game where uh-huh. they're going to kick the game winning extra point, oh, it no. gets blocked, return for a no. touchdown. No. That's, that's the most insane thing to okay, happen. Okay, so that's yours. That's Maddie's 800-991-003. What would be the most Saints way for this game to end? And it's either that or the Saints blow out the Falcons and then the Rams can't get anything Blow it done. At the end or Every something? time the Saints yeah. have to rely on the 49ers in order for a playoff seed, mm-hmm. it never works out. Yeah. So that's what I'm going into with the expectation. But I mean, the Rams have a lot to prove this season. And, you know, they, they went out and finally got the quarterback. But they've spent season or year, uh, you know, after year ignoring the draft, right. trading for these high name stars. Yeah. You know, they should be on the path to the Super Bowl. So going out and, and losing the final game of the season, you're sixth straight to the 49ers who haven't even decided who's going to be playing quarterback on Sunday. It's got to be Trey Lance, right, you would think? With the UCL tear on the thumb? I mean... I, you'd think, but... Well, regardless, um, I when you go back, let's go, and, and I mean briefly, because if not, I'm gonna, my blood's going to start to boil here. When you go back to that 27-25 <clears throat> loss from earlier in the season... What stands out to you? Because what stood out to me was they looked like the greatest show on turf, the Falcons did in the first. It was one of Matt Ryan's best games. Yeah, no doubt. That said, you know they only gave up three points in the first quarter. It sure seemed like they didn't, right? I mean, it couldn't get stops. But that's Dennis Allen and his defense. They will figure it out. Even in Carolina, when you had COVID Palooza, you know, the first go around, you know, before they did the comeback tour with the Dolphins, the first COVID Palooza where all the, all the staff was gone. Couldn't stop Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Second half, I think they give up like seven points. Yeah. So they figure it out no matter what. So what stood out to me, though, was Patterson. Pitts is a matchup nightmare for everybody. It's just what it is. But Patterson, I thought, was the one that really hurt the Saints in and that first match. If I remember correctly, I don't remember when C.J. Gardner-Johnson was on IR because, to me, that's really where – that middle of the field crossing routes, that really started to kind of fall apart. You saw Malcolm Jenkins drop a lot deeper into coverage and Quan Alexander into a lot deeper coverage situations as well. And what that did was really leave that kind of middle of the field crossing routes where they just didn't have the manpower to be able to kind of, you know, come up with all that traffic in the middle of the field. So I'm, I'm he hoping played. he did play. Yeah, he played at two tackles, one pass defense, and one was there as well. Um, and they had, what, two sacks? On him as well. I mean, Noodle Arm in that game, a.k.a. Matt Ryan, 23 of 30, to your point. He had seven incompletions. Well, and, and, 343, two TDs was sacked twice. And um, I, know, I, just, I, I think of that game 
the problem was this, Maddie. They didn't score. The Saints just didn't say, score. It was 10 nothing at halftime. It's not like it was an unsurmountable lead. They just didn't score. As, as much as people, you know, have their opinions on Taysom Hill, and I'm not here to, like, you know, go on a crusade for him or anything like that, but mm-hmm. he is 2-0 against the Falcons, and it's not really because of his throwing abilities. And when the Saints played them last time, they had Trevor Simeon back there. Not a knock on Trevor, but there there's no ability sometimes on this offense to get a passing game generating. So that's where the dual-threat quarterback does come in handy in these situations, and Taysom does match up well in that aspect. So it, it really what... To me, what Taysom's able to do, and this is really just by ability of his legs, is extend drives and eat up the clock. What they were having happen under Simeon was without that mobility, and it's not really fair to him either because Ingram and, and Kamara were out, and, and you know he doesn't have a mobility aspect, but they were sustaining 30-second drive after 30-second drive, and that's where your defense gets exhausted. That's where you have no ability to kind of play you know, chess in that aspect of, clock control, time of possession, any of those things. Whereas Taysom does offer a little more of ability to extend drive so it's three or four minutes long. Even if it only ends in three or no points, that's still different than your defense being back on the field for three drives in a row within that same three to five minute span. No doubt. And I I think when you look at the defense now, and it's one of the things we were talking about in the opening segment, about the consistency in that play on that defense, you've seen it, right? I mean, again, to this point, when you look at that first game, you kind of saw what they were going to do. And, and in the game, look, give them credit. I thought they had a very good game plan to come on out. Cordell Patterson, six receptions for 126. That was the thing. Is you know, Look, Pitts, three for 62. That's winnable. I mean, three for 62. You will give that up again this Sunday. Big deal. It was Patterson. So Michael six Thomas effect to me 126. Yeah. Is, is the lockdown their, their best option. Yeah. And then that's where he's in the backfield. He only rushed for 10 yards. Nine times, nine carries for 10 yards. So I could do that math. It's like a yard a carry, right? So this just in, Quan or anybody else, you may want to just check Patterson out the backfield, basically like the Saints would use Kamara. Pretty much, yeah. Like Devin White on Kamara, I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that one, especially with Quan's, you know, coverage abilities. Yeah. And really the only time I saw Quan again struggle this season is when Gardner Johnson was out and he was kind of pushed into a different role to me. So with, with all of those chips back, mm-hmm. I've seen Quan play lights out the last couple of weeks, especially. What was interesting, he's only had two tackles and he only had one solo in this game. And the one thing that I noticed, and it's very rare that I've ever seen teams do this, it's the one thing that stands in my head again, thinking of this first matchup. In that opening drive, I think, first or second drive, they spread out Patterson all the way on the sideline. And I remember that one play because I've talked about it. Quan Alexander was on the sideline at the snap. What I'm like, what is he doing on the snap? So it really was, hey, you're gonna shadow this guy. Mm-hmm. But he was on he was on the near sideline. He was in front of Coach Payton <laughs> at the snap. And then it just went right in the middle to pit. So I, again, that was an ingenious sort of thing. I wonder why other teams haven't done that, but they they just had a plan. They did. To literally take your two big playmakers in the middle and Davis and Quan and put them on the on the outside. I've never seen that before. That's what happens when you play a team yeah. twice a year, and that's yeah. why it was a I, I never, <laughs> I, yeah, I never, you know, and, and when Bucks fans said, oh, we're going to sweep the Saints, I, I I laughed at them because sitting on the other side of things, I, I know that no divisional matchup is, is ever given. Ask the Seahawks or the 49ers who, no matter who okay. is good that year, they always seem to be in a deadlock every time they play each other. Going to get to Jack here in about 10 seconds. On the other side of things, I want you to think of a wrinkle 
that the offense can maybe throw Atlanta's way. Okay? What you think about that? Jack, thanks for giving us a call here. What you got for us? Hey, Gus. How y'all doing this, this Friday? Um, doing well. What well, you got? Gus, first of um, Gus, is there any chance we can maybe let Maddie pick a replacement for, for Rebecca Black? I mean, is that possible? Yeah, you know, I've been listening yeah, since you, you know, started, and I, I think it's time for a change. <laughs> Jack, we've done this. We've done this already. We did it at uh, Bruce McAllister's Old St. Kitchen and Tap back in the day. We we put it up for vote. If you would like, we can put it up for vote again. But it won. Okay. Like 80% to 20 something. What, it's my thing. He wants to my replace God. Rebecca Black. Oh. Thank, thank you, Maddie, for coming in. You're welcome. Day. Yeah. You're no longer allowed to come in on Friday. (laughs) But he says, can you replace? What song would you replace? What's a Friday song, a Friday staple that you think would be a good one? Uh, All of mine are probably not safe for radio. So I will. uh, Explicit lyrics. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Jack, do you have a suggestion? Nah, you're right. I was thinking when you know when you're saying that you shouldn't suggest something unless you have a replacement. So I'll tell you what, I'll try to think of a replacement <laughs> well, and, I'll, and I'll send that to you. you there you, you go. Can how, that. how about you know what? Let's have fun. Let's 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 do this next Friday. We'll have fun. One way, especially if the Saints are not in the playoffs, we're going to need something. But let's do this next Friday. I will open it up to suggestions to what we could possibly use, and then we'll narrow it down to three. And if it beats it, it beats it. How about that? I'm willing to do that. It's a new year. Let's try it. That's fine. And, and, and uh, y'all, um, I had a, uh, do you think it would be, I heard what you were saying about, you know, if the Saints, you know, if the Rams do do their part and the Saints fail on their end. Or, or do you think it would be worse if the Saints won by four touchdowns and then, and then the 49ers and Rams game ended in a tie? That way the Rams would still win their division. And the 49ers, the 49ers would get the last playoff spot. That's that's there, the worst and most go. Saints outcome, there, there, Jack. There it is. Thank you, Jack, for the phone call again. Right. We kind of throwing Thank it out you. there today. What is the what is the most twenty twenty one Saints Two. ending? Twenty twenty. Well, no, twenty twenty one season. Yep. Yeah. What's the most twenty twenty one season and how it would end? I like that. Saints win. Rams and Niners tie. Saints out the playoffs. <laughs> Sports Hangover continues next with Todd Raffanini on ESPN World. Home health services in South Lafouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 632-6900 for more information. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. 
Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Chrissy is refinancing her home, so she shopped around for the lowest rate and found it at Amerisave.com, setting her up for a lifetime of savings. It's one decision she'll never regret, unlike wearing tap shoes to a surprise party. Sorry, guys. Just trying to find the perfect hiding place. Pretty regrettable, Chrissy. Unlike finding that low mortgage rate at Amerisave.com that's got you on your way to a lifetime of savings. Amerisave's rates won't be this low forever, so go to Amerisave.com now. Lower mortgage rates mean higher savings. Call 866-514-SAVE or visit Amerisave.com slash licensing for cost information, terms, and conditions. Equal housing letter. Licensed in all states except New York. And MLS number 1168. Six miles to Chicago. Got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 90 seconds to go. Pell's up eight. Herb drives. Lefty layup. Got it! <laughs> coast to coast, Herb Jones. That is the voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, Maddie, Mr. Todd Graffinini. But, but, he's not on today, Maddie, to talk Pelicans back. We'll ask him about what it was like to call a win. Oh, no, 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 no. He's on for another reason. He's on for another reason because Sunday, your New Orleans Saints take on the dreaded Atlanta Falcons. No one, no one. Hates the Atlanta Falcons more than this individual. I am convinced. I am convinced. No one. They should put Todd out in the lineup. <laughs> no he one. would be ready to run through a brick wall. No one dislikes this football team more than the voice of your New Orleans Pelicans. Todd Graffinini, good afternoon, sir. Happy victory Friday to you. Thank you, Goose. Madeline, how are you guys doing? Uh, happy Falcons Hate Week, and yes, it is all it is nearly upon us, isn't it? <laughs> you can hear it already, right? You know what? Let's just get it out the way. Let's start with in the happy place. We do want to start in a happy place. You were back yesterday. How nice was it to see the Pels again, Todd? It's kind of been the theme in the last month: close game, clutch time, clutch moments, finding a way to win. Yeah, no, that's the bottom line, Gus. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> we were joking all last night, myself and John DeShazer. Uh, we got a we got a new nickname for the types of games we saw last night, and that's the old Peach Basket game, where Dr. James Naismith is literally spinning in his grave watching this, uh, watching what we were watch, watching last night, which is nobody scoring the basketball. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Excuse me. You know, the Pelicans scored 16 points in the first quarter. We were able to kind of get it going in the second, but Gus, I mean, the shooting continues to be an issue. I mean, eight for 34 from distance, it's 23.5%. What we didn't know is Golden State was actually going to be worse. Uh, They were seven for 33, so nobody was scoring last night. It came down to defense, Uh, and Pelican's ability to get to the free throw line was a big factor. Pelican's got to the line 29 times last night, made 23 of them, and you know, you had 23 makes to their 15, and, and, and that's that was key, I mean, especially in a five-point game. So, yeah, had to find a way. I, I, I know they didn't have Steph. I know they didn't have Draymond Green. That's a them problem. Um, you know, it, no one's going to look at it at the, at the end of the year, Gus, 
say, hey, the, the Pelicans beat the Warriors without their two best players. That's, that's not how it works. So you needed to get well, a win, especially at the end of the homestand. Especially when, you know, the Pelicans don't exactly have their, their best player either. But, you know, you bring up things like defense, and we all know I love Herb Jones, but there just seems to be this air of wanting to play defense on the Pelicans yeah. now. And you also bring up the free throws. That, to me, seems like a pointed change from last year where they're really hitting those. And, and it just really seems like Willie Green has instilled kind of those fundamentals and, and just a culture that promotes wanting to play through the final minute, being okay with not scoring early, and, and just knowing how to actually play sound defense all around and, and want to play defense in that. Yeah, great point, Maddie. because, look, that's the third time this year the Pelicans have scored 16 points in the first quarter and came back and won the game. So that that's... That's very good. To your free throw point, that's even better because, look, the Pels got to the line a lot last year. The problem was they were second to last in the league in free throw percentage. They did not make their free throws last year. It actually cost them many games, many games, because they did not make their free throws. Now they're getting to the line a little bit more, especially as of late, but the difference this year is that they are six in the league and free throw percentage. As a matter of fact, mm. they've actually gone down uh, in, in the last three or so weeks. They got up, uh, uh, Gus and Maddie as high as number two in the league and free throw percentage at one point. We were at 82%. Right. Now, that's dipped a little bit uh, down to six. We've kind of hit the skids in the last week, week and a half. Um, but... No, uh, they're getting to the line, and now they're making them with consistency. And, and that's the thing. You can right. get to the line. That's one thing. But you better make them. And, and now, for the most part this year, the Pels are making their free throws. And that's key because, look, 23 points to 15, that's a big advantage. And, again, especially when you win by five, I mean, you could say that's the difference in the ball game. But, Todd, it shows a bit of maturity, too, doesn't it, to where if, if the shots aren't going in, they didn't get to the line. I've said this before. Michael Jordan has said it. You know, there's nights where the shots don't go in for him. So what do you do? Went to the free throw line. So th- there were so many games in the past, man, where the, the Pels didn't shoot it, and they're going to st- you know, keep jacking it up. Now, you still have to keep trying for those threes because the first two losses this season uh, or this week – the three-pointer was a big difference maker. So you still have to try those things. But it was good to sort of see that. And look, Brandon Ingram, you made the ESPN audio vault when he dropped his 30th point. He had 32 last night. Willie Green says this guy's an all-star. You you saw Monday, Tuesday, hadn't played in a bit, had to start to you know get back his, his, his game legs. I guess you could say it. Brandon Ingram right now is playing really good basketball in the last month, don't you think? Well, Gus, I know you're very big on patting yourself on the back. I'm going to pat myself on the back when I came on your show yesterday. Um, Can you hear? I'm patting myself. Um, The Pels cannot win (laughs) if Brandon Ingram is not a consistent score. We we just do not have the firepower around him to pick up the slack. Now, occasionally we do. Devontae Graham scored 28 points against the Phoenix Suns the other night. Well, he backed that up. With a seven-point performance last night, it was one for nine from three. So the consistency Mm -hmm. scoring is not there. Brandon Ingram has to be the consistent scorer each and every night. And when he gets his, you've got a very good chance to win ballgames. And last night, he got his. He got 32, as you mentioned. He also had 11 rebounds. He also had six assists. That's the Brandon Ingram that we saw prior to the sore Achilles. 
And I mentioned on our on our Pelicans podcast today with Daniel Salison and Jim Eichenhofer, it's just a darn shame that Ingram went out with that Achilles soreness in that Oklahoma City game because there's no doubt in my mind the Pels would have won that game if Brandon Ingram would have played because he was playing like he did last night prior to the injury, and it just took him a couple of games to get it back going. But a healthy Brandon Ingram is better for everybody. Well, Todd, there seems to be you know, a symbiotic relationship going on between the Pelicans and the Saints and uh, you know, kind of that lack of consistency and perhaps firepower on offense sometimes. And as we're heading into a final uh, game of the season against uh, your favorite uh, NFL rival team, how do the Saints find any fire, oh firepower on this offense and, and find a way to score and win this game against the Falcons? It's a good question, Maddie. I wish I had the answer. Um, I mean, look. Oh, man. Where do I start? Okay. Uh-huh. First of all, first of all, we got to continue to play defense the way that we're capable of. Okay. And I know y'all been talking about that first game uh, that, mm-hmm. that the Saints lost. I, uh, I had my own memory of that day. Uh, I was by myself in a Dallas sports bar with the only television in the entire place watching that game. <laughs> And uh, uh-huh. as I continued to get angrier and angrier throughout the afternoon, the the difference in that game to me was the first half um, because the Saints could not get off the field. And every time we play the Falcons, and you're going to ask me this, Gus, and I know, Maddie, you just asked me about the offense, but to me, mm-hmm. beating the Falcons comes defensively and that is getting Noodle Arm off the field on third down. That has always been it against these guys. And in that first game, we could not get them off the field in that first half. It didn't matter that they didn't score, Gus. I know they only scored, you said, three points in the first quarter and were up 10 to nothing at halftime. That wasn't the, the, the factor. The factor was they kept the ball away from our offense, despite, you know, even though we couldn't move the ball, you didn't have as many chances to move the ball because they continued to possess it. That, to me, is the key. I think now with the the addition of putting Taysom Hill at quarterback, you add the running threat, where in that first game, Trevor Simeon is not a running threat at all. Um, look, here's the other thing, and you talked about it. Matt Ryan had the game mm-hmm. of the season. For him and those career they are both <laughs> believe me they made every yeah. single play he was throwing balls mm-hmm. in the dirt this bum Zacchaeus you don't even know who this guy is he's making one-handed catches off the turf mm-hmm. behind the back catches you know dragging feet on the side I mean plays that they couldn't even yeah. dream of making those guys yeah. were making that day so they helped out Noodle Arm. It, it was just, you know, it was just a perfect storm in the wrong direction. And by the time the Saints finally figured it out, it was, you know, mm-hmm. not too late because remember we did take the lead, and then of course gave up uh, the final drive. And that that big first down pass to Patterson really was the game uh, in the last minute of the fourth quarter that set them up for the field goal. Well, it's gonna... And and their and their field say... goal kicker does not miss. Uh, Young Way Koo. If it comes down to a field goal, he's going to make it. I yes. mean, he does not miss. Mm-hmm. So we got to stay out of a, a last-second field goal situation at all costs. Dude, it's Koo versus Maher, I'm telling you. Koo versus Maher. I thought it was Maher. Same it's thing. Maher, Josh. 
Don't you speak for a yeah, living? Yeah, Maher, who is single-handedly responsible <laughs> for the Saints sweeping the Buccaneers. Well, well here's so. the point, Todd. It'd be nice if I didn't have to worry about the kicker that much. You know what I'm saying? It'd be, it'd be nice. Some extra but point this... to go from there. <laughs> One thing we don't have to worry about is, you know, I'm the fact that the Saints crack. are going to stay in this game. Say? <laughs> well, at least the Saints have Sean Payton, and that that should be the difference yeah. maker in, in this Correct. matchup well, and keeping a level head. What's the mood over there? I know you listen to Atlanta sports radio every day uh, for some reason, uh, but well, so what, what are they? What well, are they actually, looking I'm, like? I'm, I was I'm, reaching out to Carlos Medina, who's coming on at one thirty, and he said no one's even nice. talking about the Falcons right now. Yeah, no, I'm actually going on their show at one. <laughs> of course, you are to talk back. <laughs> so, um, no, it's going to be interesting. No, look. It, the, the airwaves in Atlanta right now are literally dominated by the Georgia Bulldogs and, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that, makes that, national, championship, makes that national championship game is Monday night. However, this is their Super Bowl. This is everything rolled into one because they would love <laughs> nothing better to do than to spoil our season. So, again, I'm going to tease them. What, are you going to set up a parade and, and drop a banner? Hey, we swept the Saints who had 58 starters this year and, and had four quarterbacks hey. and four kickers banner. I mean, are you, are, are you going to do that? That's Some, their Super you know, Bowl graph. Right, right there. Exactly. Yeah. They're a bunch of losers. They always will be a bunch of losers. They don't want to go back irrelevant. there. If you want to watch the Falcons, tune in at noon on Sundays and on the West Coast at 305 because they're never going to play a primetime game on Sunday night and they're never going to play a, a, a Monday night game. They are irrelevant losers and we better not lose to them can you leave us with this do you have an indication i I meant to say this yesterday shame on me but i didn't see this into the afternoon you know why there's a a love relationship such a loving relationship with this franchise and its fans the saints think about this they're asking fans if you're going to atlanta to stop at their front desk at the facility on airline they're willing to give you a rally towel you can go pick up a Saints rally towel. They need Vuvuzelas. From the New Orleans Saints front off. Like, think about that. They're like, come on in. They'll be available at the front desk. They're free. I forgot to mention that yesterday, but I didn't see it until late afternoon. So, Todd, you can just drive up and go get a towel on your way to Atlanta if you're going to go to the game. I love that because even the organization knows that people are showing up to support them on Sunday. That, that's why I love working for the organization that I work for, Gus, because they hate them as much as I do. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Graffinini, voice of the Pelicans, and also not a lover of the Atlanta Falcons, that's for sure. Todd, we better win. That's all I'm saying. Better win. We better win. We better win. There he is. Thank you, bud. Safe travels. We'll uh, hear from you again on Sunday. I think it was Toronto, right? Actually, we're not going to Toronto. We're doing it remotely, Gus, because uh, if you get stuck in Toronto quarantine-wise, now I don't have to worry about that anymore, but it's oh, 14 days. Right. So the, so the broadcast oh, that's are right. doing it remotely. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're going to sit sense. this one out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, unable to come back home for 14 days. Not good. Thank you, bud. See you later. Bye. There he goes, Todd Graffinini. Quick break. It's the Sports Hangover in ESP New Orleans. August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless 
vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it out. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspots and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003. Patty, they're doing it again. Why are you doing this again? I don't understand. Why are you doing this again? Everyone wants a uh, head coach that can traverse through a... Uh, insurmountable otherwise season and, and still be looking forward to the playoffs. Uh, just doesn't happen to be the Cowboys for once in a blue moon. It's uh, the Bears now who mm-hmm. Albert Breer uh, with Sports Illustrated had put out something about hearing talk through the grapevine about Peyton's future. Uh, he does think that, you know, he'll probably stay with the Saints because, and we'll get into this, you know, he has a really good setup here. Uh, there is a rumor, though, about Chicago being interested in Sean Payton, what? and that's really starting to kind of gain traction. I mean, if Breer says he doesn't think that'll be the case, he thinks eventually he'll go into you know network stuff when his football career is over. But this Bears thing is gaining traction. Um, I think people keenly forget that their current general manager was the general manager that was there before Jeff Ireland came into the Saints and rehauled the Saints draft approach yeah. and what we've seen happen since then, uh. not to mention uh, his – symbiotic relationship with Loomis, Mickey Loomis, his incredible relationship with the Bensons and the team. I just don't see why you would leave that type of situation to go to a place like Chicago where they've, you know, they've had a chance to draft two franchise quarterbacks now, and they've kind of fumbled the bag both times for one reason or another. And the reason is, you know, that the Saints don't have any cap space, that they're moving on from Drew Brees. Yeah, they do have Justin Fields over there behind a liable O-line and just a complete implosion no sense of culture and a chaotic front office so uh it's a mystery to me other than him living in illinois growing up but he's he's from there though maddie 
yeah, I, I'm from the Bay Area. My dad's from Cleveland, <laughs> right. and it, it doesn't, you know. You sure that doesn't matter? That doesn't. And people are acting like they can't go back and visit their family no. in the off season. You know, if you know. wanted to move home, I know. Had Look, twenty years to. I'm not going to discount completely and say that somebody wouldn't go take a different job elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, but there are very few coaches. I, I'm trying to think. There's three in terms of tenure, right? Is Belichick, Tomlin, Tomlin. and then Sean. Pete Carroll, maybe. Maybe, yeah, but he's around there, too. But for the most part, that's it. And those guys are entrenched. Like, you can have say, a losing season, and you're not – there is no – And I there's mean, no organizational dysfunction. There's no, you know, issues with Belichick wanting to draft a player and the front office kind of, you know, pushing that down. And same thing with Mike Tomlin. They both seem to all have good relationships with their organizations. Look, the Dallas thing is a joke, Okay. Mike McCarthy literally earlier this week was being blamed as to why they can't go for the Super Bowl. Before that, it was, you know, Dak, they won a game. All of a sudden, well, McCarthy's holding them back. That happens every time. When they lose, it's the coach's fault. Joe Judge literally had to have a press conference saying, this isn't a clown show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like. Well, it is in Jacksonville. Well, but that's what I'm getting at because he's been tied to New York as well. The Bears. That's, that's a dysfunctional sort of situation there. And again, you can say, well, Ryan will let him do what he wants. I, do you want to live in Chicago? I'm just being honest with you. Chicago's a beautiful city. It's a great place. They got issues right now, and it gets cold in the winter. I was going to say, have you seen Sean on the sidelines for Saints-Bears games where he looks like he's dressed for the North Pole? That's just, for a good reason. Chicago look, is freezing. I, I think people just simply don't understand the importance of being able to have the – and I won't say power because sometimes that comes across right. as a negative thing. The The say – that he has. It is very few people can say you basically run an NFL team. And, and I don't mean and that in a bad and way. And earn the right to do so Correct. at that. Like, look, you, he absolutely respects Mickey, respects that Gail Benson is the owner. I'm not saying he oversteps from that aspect of it. But there's something to be said. If we've ever been in a situation or in a relationship where we're comfortable or somewhere at work where you just literally worry about your job, you don't have to worry about ancillary things. That's just as important as the sexier opportunity and stuff, right? So he has a city that he can do no wrong. He's never going to hear it from this media here to an extent that he would in other markets. Um, he can build. He can do whatever he wants. And and again, it's a comfort level here to it. But also, Matty, he wins. I mean, he can win. Again, no offense whatsoever this year. And they shot at the playoffs at the end of the week. What? It's the same thing with, you know, while these quarterbacks continuously get linked to coming to New Orleans, right. not just linked, you know, exactly. naming them on record. It's of because exactly. of Peyton and, and that he plays to the strengths of his quarterback, that he listens to his quarterback and has a symbiotic relationship with that quarterback. Mm -hmm. And it's the same relationship he has with the general manager, with Kai Harley and, and working with the cap, with the Bensons. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, like you said, it's not a power thing. Yeah. It's not that. It's symbiosis throughout all levels of the organization and that is almost unparalleled especially when you get down to then that relationship between the quarterback and the coach I'll always remember that Drew Breeze once said that he first walked into a film room and saw Sean Payton looking at his film from when he was on the then San Diego Chargers right. and he turned around and said you know you're my quarterback now I'm going to build this offense around you and your strengths and not force you into playing and get to your weaknesses that's right. why all these quarterbacks want to come here mm -hmm. but that's exactly you know why I don't think Sean is going anywhere because that same relationship is just so 
layered throughout the organization. Yeah. It's why, despite all of the noise, despite all of the things that have happened this season, he still has his team locked in and looking as if they're ready to go to the playoffs, and that is almost impossible to pull off in these circumstances. Relationships at the executive level difficult to build if you don't have previous history. Right. So that would have to start. Secondly, it takes time to what I think do the most important thing, and that's build a culture in the locker room. Ross Jackson yesterday said to my answer to the question that I had this week, what did you learn? about the 2021 Saints. He goes, that culture matters. And he's he's right on the money. And that takes time. It took three years of cleaning out the locker room during those seven and nine seasons for Sean to reset his culture because he had built it so much so that you get it to where you're basically Alabama. The veterans will help set that for you, right? When you get to a certain right. level. Like Kamara, they were young three, four years right. ago. Now when you walk in, they're the ones showing you. But that Malcolm takes Jenkins, tomorrow. Yeah, that takes time. It does. So if you're going to go somewhere new, you better have the, the same level of relationship at the executive and ownership level. Then you have to rebuild a culture, get the right players, hope that the people you, why? I like, you're not, you're not answering me the, the, the main exactly. question. Why? Why? He's always going to be one of the highest paid coaches here. So money's not going to be an issue. And I think maybe this is what this probably is. Maybe it's time for a raise. Normally when you start hearing this, it's, it's the agents that drive it. And maybe that's it. So I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the season, Sean gets an extension. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I just think, you know, for all of the coach of the year discussion that Sean is right. rarely mentioned, right. if at all, the fact yeah. that he's always, without a doubt, the most coveted coach when he's not made available yeah. means something to me when you look at this season and people are still trying to grab him from the you know jaws of this mm -hmm. organization. All right. So, Maddie, uh, we got three minutes with you and then you have to go on your way. Sunday... What is a key that you think the Saints have to do here? Todd said essentially the defense has to show up and not let Noodle Arm have a career day. So give me a key, and do you think Monday morning I'll open the show with the Saints in the playoffs? So for your key, I'm going to go with the pass rush because that was missing in, in that game, and I think that it's come on to you know a not just formidable but downright scary front that almost seems impossible from the turnaround from earlier this season. And someone did point out that C.J. Garner-Johnson did leave in the second quarter of that Falcons game, and mm -hmm. I, I do recall that kind of being of issue. So uh, you mentioned Patterson before. That needs to be locked down. And, uh, but to me, the, the key lies in the pass rush and the ability to not go three and out on offense for you know drive after drive after drive. They don't even have to get a touchdown every single time. They just have to control the clock because the defense will give them a chance. That's been made clear all season. The offense has to be able to rack in a couple of points, but it's really extending those drives, giving the defense that time to rest, because that's where you see the pass rush really start to take off. And if they get to Matt Ryan and they get him rattled, mm -hmm. it's a very different Matt Ryan than the one we saw earlier this season. Very true. So, will they be in the postseason? I have learned my lesson about <laughs> relying on the 49ers right. for my hopes the Rams. and dreams. No, you're, you're relying on the, four, on the Rams here. Yeah. You're just going to smile. Mm. Okay. I, I'm from the area, so mm -hmm. it's hard. It, I, there's just too many layers for me to unseparate from the NFC West. But please, Matt Stafford, I guess. it Just so we can uh, spoil the Rams. How about this? How about we just go with Aaron Donald, do your thing? That too. Aaron Donald, do your uh, thing. Of which, you know, my next thing would be 
Aaron Donald, please don't do your thing if we end up facing the Rams in the playoffs. We'll get to that bridge when we cross it. Thank you so much for your time, Maddie. As always, people can follow you on Twitter where? At MaddieHudak underscore 94. Sounds good. Uh, a fellow January birthday. Indeed. As well. What is it? The 25th? 25th. You'll be 25 on 25th, huh? 28. 20. I'll be 46. <laughs> you're, you're a pop. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Coming up, hour number two of Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans.